What's up, everybody? Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Tabco Promotional Products. Uh, Tabco has everything you need uh, to advertise your business, uh, your special event. Um, they've got they've got direct mailers, uh, business cards, apparel. You know they did uh, our shirts, uh, labels, pins, novelty items. Uh, you name it, Tabco has you covered. Um, you can contact Mike at Tabco.com for your free quote. Uh, Tabco is your best single source. They are amazing. Uh, they hooked us up with some amazing shirts. We thank them for that. Uh, hopefully we'll be getting some more and uh, those will be up for sale. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I don't know yet. Uh, also, uh, Ranger Nutrition. Uh, they are a disabled veteran-owned company. Uh, all their products are manufactured right here in the U.S. of A. Uh, they were made, thought of, came up with by a former uh, Army Ranger. A dude's a badass. Um, they've got everything you need to just get your swole on. Uh, proteins, pre-workouts, uh, BCAAs. Uh, they've got weight loss supplements, uh, they've got clothing, they've got everything you're going to need. Uh, they are amazing. Uh, 5% of all sales go to a warrior's mind. Uh, that's a great foundation. Uh, I'm glad they're a part of it. Uh, but you can go to their uh, website, use promo code SMUGCAST at checkout and you will get 15% off uh, your order. Also, Jay's Wings and Seafood over on the east side of Indianapolis. Uh, you can call ahead. It's 317-890-0088. Uh, use promo code SMUGCAST and you will get 10% off your order. Uh, they are located at 8237 Pendleton Pike in Lawrence, Indiana, 46226. Uh, they, uh, they have great food. They really do. <laughs> I think BJ eats a little too much of it, but... Um, when you're that close to them, what can what can you do? It's great food. It's hard to say no. Um, also, Repo Records, uh, they help us out with the audio each and every week. Uh, they are amazing. Uh, it's Repo Records, taking the music back. Uh, this week in studio, we have Diamond Dan Garza, uh, former uh, professional wrestler. Uh, the guy's got some great stories. BJ's known him for uh, quite a while. Um, so we decided we'd, we'd bring him in and, um, let him, let him tell some stories. Uh, it was pretty good. He's a good talk. He's a good listen. So, uh, with that, this is Smugcast. Come on, get down, do it. I'm trying to run to the chopper again. Yes! My GPS is was stuck in the goddamn jungle. Come on! All right, welcome to another episode of Smugcast. I'm AP. Uh, with me, as always, the smuggest man himself, the BJ. You must be in a good mood today. You're saying nice things. No, I just you you got a friend in here, so I figured I'd be nice to you. Uh, no, actually, he spent majority of my time around him tormenting me. Oh, good. Yes, good. yes, I, I like it. I he like made it. me thick skinned. Yeah. Um, we have with us today. Like I said, BJ's 
a, a longtime acquaintance, ball buster. Yes, yes. Dan Garza. How's everybody doing today? We are fantastic. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write anything down, but I can probably pop some things up here in a few minutes for, for BJ here. It always, just, it always just came off the top of my head what I was going to say to him anyway. He just kind of led into it, and, and it went from there. I actually told this story on the podcast where you... Well, you pants me in a public place. Yeah, I was thinking oh, about that. Yeah, uh, it was him. If he was going to bring something up, we uh, <laughs> was playing softball, and uh, his parents happened to be there. And uh, so, you know, me being the smart ass that I am, I went up behind him and pulled his shorts down right in front of his mother. And, of course, you know, BJ, I don't know, either it brought his underwear down with him or he wasn't wearing any. So there he was with his little dingling hanging down there. And uh, his mother just kind of looking at him and thought, yeah, well, it's the same thing as when he was a baby. So it was nothing new. And of course, BJ had no shame, so it didn't bother him at all either. So <laughs> The worst part is, is uh, my boss was standing there, too. Well, yeah, I forgot about that. I was yeah. just worried more about your mother. Oh, no. She's used to that stuff. I forgot my parents were there. Yeah, your mom was Holy there. Holy shit. Know. Yep, that's uh, uh, that's what the thing was. See what happens when you move to the big city. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we've had a lot of great times. We've actually, uh, I think we've uh, done boxing together. Done boxing, done MMA, done wrestling together. And of course, you know, worked a real job together, somewhat. Yeah, he was At like, least for the same company, anyway. We may not want to mention them. I don't know. He was. Uh, I don't care. I retired from him, so I'm okay. But I don't know. I yeah. work for him, but he actually trained. He was my trainer. Yeah. I used to have to go to classes he taught. But I don't want to be blamed for any of that, though. Uh-huh. So you. So you. He would, just because you train somebody doesn't mean they're a good student. So all you're, right. You're the reason he is the way. He I'm is. actually. No, I don't think I'm the reason he's the way he is. But, I'm, uh, I'm actually a trainer now. That's what I do. Oh man. Man, I used some of the techniques. You fucked him up long term. Uh, I guess so. My favorite story was it wasn't him teaching the class; it was the other person teaching the class. And one of my favorite stories was she taught time management to us, and she, but we ran out of time for the class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think she's still around with the company there. Yeah, yeah. So living the dream, <clears throat> absolutely. <clears throat> he actually knows, and he and obviously me and my wife, uh, we all work together. Actually, yeah. And he got me started in softball in Indianapolis because I had quit playing when we moved up here, moved oh, away from yeah. my teens and stuff, and we started playing uh, co-ed and stuff like that together. So. Oh, glorious co-ed softball. <clears throat> and we'll give BJ credit. He is a good softball player. Oh, yeah, really absolutely. Is. Well, one of my favorite stories was because I was like, they asked me to play both kind of my supervisors who they did a lot for me in my career. Dan did a lot for me, especially um, getting me started comfortable around this Um and we were out there playing, and they asked me to play, and it was like a bases loaded. It was one of those great moments. And I hit one out, and I'm celebrating, I'm happy, and then come to find out in that in that league, you can't hit one no out. No home runs. You hit one out. I was yeah. ejected from the game. What? Two run- really? They used to eject you. Oh, wow. So instead of being – I was ejected from the game and basically lost the game. Oh. Well, you get an out. Yeah, you get an out but because that- you're, not, you're not allowed to hit uh, – sometimes, depends where you play, you're allowed either one home run – yeah. Or zero home runs because it's the co-ed league, and if you hit it out of the park, they're just trying to keep it fair for everybody. Oh yeah, so you don't uh, you know stack it up with yeah. a bunch of guys and just hit a bunch of home runs, and you know they want to have fun out there. But uh, yeah, BJ, what's a great hit? Yeah, but, those you know, are, it was, a, I, it was a great out too. I didn't know the rules. Was, you, was that up at an ISP? Yeah, I didn't know the rules because I I had come from I I took like a two year break from yeah. playing for a little bit. Yeah. You come from hillbilly softball down <laughs> oh, yeah. in Seymour, ah, you know. Ah, 
or you know that that's all it was. It's, let's see who can hit it over the fence. Oh you yeah, know? man. Yeah. That's what I grew up back around. and uh, court back and all. I grew up around the the Bedford scene. Yeah, so it's even more hilly. Oh, I guess so. That's limestone hills down <laughs> yeah, there. Man. Yep. I was the guy that showed up with like six bats, big bat. Uh huh. Yeah, you're that douchebag. But you know, you're the one that wore six or, bats, but no underwear where he wears the shorts. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know when yeah. mom's around. I wore tight underwear today, just in case something else happened. Yeah, today. well, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I can guarantee that. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that. Not going to see it on radio, so you know we're not going to see it in the room either. The uh, Where did you grow up at? I grew up in Greenfield. Oh, talking about Hillary. Well, it was, yeah. yeah. So I, you know, people always ask me, where are you from? What are you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's hard to tell, you know. <laughs> what my ethnicity is you know so i just always tell mama who's your hillbilly because that's what i was born and raised in greenfield indiana and uh you know couldn't get uh, more hillbilly than that but, uh, <laughs> and that's unless you're if you're outside the circle that's what you that's what you run into in, in indiana yeah i mean yeah you are i mean that's it's, it's all country well i travel i traveled for one of my jobs and i told the other the one time on the podcast like if you get outside of a major city all it is is just it's, it's mo- corn. Yeah, it's just there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. Small I mean, town, small town. When you're USA. In a, if you're in a plane flying over states, that's all you see. You just see you don't you know. There's not big cities everywhere. There's just people going at their own pace. Well, not yet. There will be one day. That one day. But I'll be one big ass city. The entire fucking country will it's be. It's getting that way. Still with shitty roads. Yeah, there'll be fucking potholes everywhere. You know, there's uh speaking. Of that, I just saw there's a guy wearing a mask in a city who's actually going around filling in potholes on his own. What? And they're mad at him for doing it. A mask? Yeah, like a lucha a- mask or just regular? <laughs> he didn't buy it for me. I've got some for sale if you want some. But I mean, you know, I gotta get a plug in there somehow. Dang! For those who don't know, Dan is actually a former professional wrestler. That's right. And that's where our bond started. Was is because uh, I'm a huge wrestling. I believe is it Mark is the correct correct term. Yeah, you know I don't like to use that term, but yeah, that's that that is a term. That's a rip you know, term. I, yeah, that's a rip term. But you know, I, you know, you're a fan of wrestling. I was a fan of wrestling growing up. Watched Dick the Bruiser on yep. uh, TV yeah. all the time, I and, know who and that everybody is. that uh, was associated with his WWA. And uh, you know, I was excited about watching it. Me and my brothers get it, you know watching when we were young wrestling in front of the TV, and I thought, you know, one of these days when I grow up, that's what I want to do. And then you never knew how to get in. It was a you know kind of a closed business at that time. But then I was looking in the Indianapolis Star, and I seen a ad for wrestling training by Mister Electricity Steve Regal. So a buddy of mine from Greenfield, uh, they would call him the Pit Bull Brad Gruel, and uh, him and I went. We trained, and uh, that's how I uh, broke into the wrestling business. So I kind of went from there. Because during that time, it was really protected. It really was protected. You know, you know, it was kayfabe as we called it, but. Uh, you know, anymore, everybody knows everything about wrestling. You know, people outside of wrestling know about more about it, or at least think they know more about it, than those associated with the wrestling business. But, you know, that's all right. As long as they enjoy the sport, the entertainment part of it. And, you know, at one point we thought it was going to kill the audience, but it really did. Yeah. You know, at one point it, it actually grew, and, you know, it's, and there's, uh, you know, more uh, professional wrestling out there now than there ever has been. Uh, but there's just only a couple places that you're really going to make some good money, and that's the bad problem about that right now. Because Vince McMahon Jr. was, you know, they say responsible for killing. Well, he, the well, he killed yeah. the territories at that time. He really did. And, and well, Dick the Bruiser was one of the uh, last holdouts, and that's probably why he's not in the WWE Hall of Fame at this point because uh, he wouldn't sell out to Vince and 
But basically, Vince, you know, kind of ran him out of business. And, of course, yes, uh, you know, Dick passed away. But, um, you know, Dick wasn't about to give up his promotion no matter what, whether he's drawn, you know, a couple hundred people or a couple thousand people. He wasn't uh, he wasn't going to let go of that. Yeah, because they used to have territories. Like, what do you mean? So basically, like, there's like, um, like Houston Wrestling with Paul Bosch was one. Um, and so... And NWA it used to be called NWA National Wrestling Alliance, mm-hmm. and so they would they would have a board of directors, almost like um, a company, and they would vote on who the champion was, and the champion would go face their top person, and then but the you know the champ the like Ric Flair was a longtime NWA champion, Dusty Rhodes was a longtime champion, uh, Holly Race, and so they would go into these territories and they would wrestle, and the champ would always win, but just barely win. Yeah, and then so they would, and then they would vote on. I think they had a conference and stuff like that. So, and but because at that moment in time, TV wasn't that big. I mean, TV uh, there was local channels they had on local channels like in Houston, local channels and um, like Dick the Bruiser was on TV here, and then if you, there was USWA down there in, um, in Memphis, Memphis Jerry Lawler um, and Jerry Jarrett, and so what Vince did was is he, he had New York. Vince's dad, actually, it was called WWF at the time. Vince was based in the Northeast. So he would have big stars. And kind of like when uh, Hogan, I think he came from, was it? Hogan a- last came from AWA, AWA at that time. Yeah. And, Which uh, was Gagne, right? And Vern, Vert Gagne said, you could have it. Yeah. You know, what's he going to do for you? Yeah. And he, we all know what happened from there. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, here in Indiana, WWA, I mean, at one time they had Channel 4, which, you know, Talking about maybe not big TV, but it was big TV because there was only, you know, very few channels at that time. And Channel 4 reached all over Indiana into some parts of Kentucky, some parts of Illinois, and some parts of Ohio. So, uh, you know, Dick ran the whole state. Even at one point, he was wrestling in Detroit when him and the Sheik were feuding as far as for TV rights there when they were running shows up there. And then he'd work with uh, Ganya in Chicago and uh, run shows through there, sometimes combined, and sometimes just the WWA by themselves. And, uh, you know, he had a, a big promotion. I mean, they would draw 15, you know, 16,000 people at when Market Square Arena opened up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes now, WWE, I went to SmackDown the other day, and, you know, they had 9,100 people there, which is great. Yeah. But, you know, you're talking just you know, a local per se promotion at that time in a territory drawing 15,000 people on a regular, you know, once a month card for a big TV taping or a big show. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of money. And and the fans were different fans at that moment point in time is because we didn't have the internet and everything was protected more. Um, I listened to Jim Cornette, uh, podcast and, and he would tell stories about him and the, uh, midnight express, like just the fans would be throwing batteries, um, they would just uh, what? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I mean, yeah. you know, there's the women. If you want to go back a little further in the 50s and 60s, the the women with their hats and they take out the hat pins and they would, uh, you know, stick the bad guys yeah. with them as they come down the aisle. And there was some that you know Holy actually shit. you know got cut with knives or people trying to attack them so forth because the fans got into it so much, you know, that they got riled up and you know they would go after whoever they didn't like at that time and. Uh, you know, it got pretty rough, but, you know, the, yeah. people, the people bought into it. Yeah, like my grandpa, who I lived with, um, that's the reason I still watch wrestling this day, and that's why I did it was, is that was something we shared, 
and he was a big Hulk Hogan fan. And yeah. Hulk Hogan would be getting beat up by Piper or Sheik, whoever the hell it was, and he'd walk out of the room and get all shitty. <laughs> and the Hulk started hawking up, and he'd be, uh-huh. he'd be fucking clapping, saying, God dang it, come on, Hogan. <laughs> My grandpa, calm down. He always wins. <laughs> but he, no, like, he still believe, like, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And so, and it's, I always called it a male soap opera, but, I mean, some of these guys are some of the, the best athletes. I mean, I mean, ex-football players. Um, Shamrock was a UFC. Dan Severn, who I met, who scared the shit out of me. Yeah, well, he's legit tough guy. I met him in Seymour, uh, Ohio Valley, who we did some stuff. Me yep. and Dan did some work with. I would do the music, and he'd do the announcing. And um, and it was it was by far the one of the best experiences of my life because I was involved in the business, but I still respect enough. I would never ask any questions or say, no, you yeah. know, you didn't because these guys, you know, I still had to respect for it, and you should have respect for it. I mean, you're still athletes. Yeah. Yeah, and I did um, I did with Rip. We keep saying Rip Rogers from Seymour, where I grew up. He's wearing the Hustler shirt today. That's right, representing the Hustler. Um, he let us do match. They let us do three matches. Yeah. And uh, at that moment in time, it was in the best shape of my life, and I was gassed out after like five minutes. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was could, done. There's, yeah. I mean, I, just in the first time growing like, up, the, the, the limited amount of shit, you know, that we did wrestling each other and trying different shit, man, you get. You get beat. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been in the ring. Down. I've been in the ring, you know, training people, and then you know, you have some big muscle guy who thinks he's pretty tough, and he's going to whip on everybody. You get him in the ring, you start having him running the ropes and uh, doing the regular exercises, and just you know, he gets blown up. Yeah. You're not used to it. Yeah, he doesn't have the cardio for it. I mean, you may look good, well, it's continuous. You, may big, you know, big muscles, but if you you know you don't work at it, you don't have the cardio. It's never going to work for you. Yeah. And I remember I asked Rip, I said, Rip, how do, how do we run the ropes? And he told us, and then and then he's like, don't be fucking stupid, though. I'm like, <laughs> like, what do you mean don't be stupid? He's like, don't do this stupid flippity-flip bullshit. <laughs> no, I mean, you could, you could get hurt yes. pretty easily. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yes, I because these that. are, what are the cables? Well, it depends on the most yeah. independent wrestling, pro wrestling rings are, they have a, about a half-inch cable inside a garden hose wrapped with tape and that's all that's really protecting you and it's usually pretty tight now the wwe they use real rope and uh, they've always kind of done that um but it's not cost effective for somebody on the independent scene to have that type of rope yeah um so i mean yeah you could really get hurt or if the cable breaks which i've seen and and been around when that's happened you fall out of that ring you're going to fall on your head oh yeah so i mean you got to know how to run the ropes you got to know what to do in case something like that happens but yeah, I mean, you could just run the ropes, and you're going to have marks on your back just from if you hit them right and hit them hard. Yeah. I did, yeah. My whole this whole side was bruised up. Yeah, but Holy it was shit. it was still the greatest experience I had ever. Oh, it looks like fun. Oh, it, it's it's fun is is because what was fun was we tried to get the crowd into it, so we created what's called gimmicks. Oh yeah. So me and my brother were the Hispanic tag team. Is that- and and right out of the we you, had a, I, I said, you guys are watered down versions of good Mexicans. I know, but we had on bandanas and then the flannels and the wife beaters, and then right away and the people just booing the shit, booing and just saying some of the worst things imaginable. <laughs> and my brother's like, "What, what is mean? Seymour, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, I knew, I knew in Seymour go with the right one. And then people were, and my brother's like, "Why are they being so mean?" I'm like, "That's what we want. Yeah, say some Hell stuff yeah. back." And yeah. Craig. My brother, I love him to death. He was like, "Well, fuck you!" I'm like, no, don't. Yeah, not that. Not that. There's a there's a little bit of difference about what you say and what you do. You know. Yeah. You know, you like say, "Sit down, fat guy," or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, "F bombing." I'm like, 
all right, you're not allowed to talk. <laughs> and then we had everything laid out the way we wanted to do, and Craig quit following it. And I was just like, what? Why? Just, what he, he was my, he's like, I'm not getting anything in. Oh, it wasn't about him. He wasn't getting his shit in. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, first match, and he's not getting his shit in. You know, what's that tell you? <laughs> I mean, I've seen plenty of those superstars like that that uh, haven't been around, but, you know, they got to get all their stuff in, and, the, you know, they're a superstar in the, the one promotion that they wrestle in. But BJ kind of came in at a good time when I was helping Rip Rogers run the Indiana OVW shows uh, because at that point, you know, they were part of the WWE and they had all the WWE superstars before they were superstars coming in. John Cena had Batista, um, Randy Orton. I mean, just all the ones that turned out to be huge superstars, even Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I remember the day we met... uh the show where uh, you were talking to Mickey James. Yeah. And I was so scared shitless to go over there because she is gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> and I finally kind of creeped my way over there because I was, like I said, I was very respectful. Yeah. Because I just, I don't know, I love the business. I think it's a great business. Um, but then I just over here started talking about, like, how she got implants. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I don't know if that's what we were talking about or not, but it might have been. <laughs> I remember one that, uh, you know, kind of came up and I said, well, you look a little bit different today, but, uh, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, I, I, and I was just like, uh, and, you know, just, cause I didn't, I mean, there's certain people. And then, uh, Bobby Lashley was at that show. Yeah. Holy shit. He is a big man. He was a big guy, but even at that point he wasn't, uh, the, I mean, he was a great wrestler. Yes. You know, amateur wrestler, but he, at that point he wasn't the greatest pro wrestler. No. You know, so he was kind of limited in his roles and what he did. And sometimes that's kind of the way it happened. I mean, Brock Lesnar, great amateur wrestler, but when he was in OVW just getting started, you know, he was still learning. So, you know, he would open up a show. You know, now he's the main event or maybe the main event of WrestleMania, yeah. but, but in OVW, he could have been opening the show, the opening match. And I, we've seen the differences. Lesnar went down there train, and Jim Cornette was down there. Uh, was Where's it? this at? Danny Davis. Danny Davis. Rip Rogers. Rip Rogers. This is and all. Nick, and then we'll give Nick, you know, Nick Eugene Dinsmore a lot of credit. He because he worked with a lot of these guys. He's got his own uh, promotion is it now. In Kansas? No, he's up in uh, up north somewhere. I can't think off the okay. top of my head, but uh, uh, Midwest Wrestling, and um, he's got a training school. And, but he, he worked with a lot of these guys when they were there and what they call, quote-unquote, the beginner class. And, and Rip always took care of the advanced class and had a lot of the WWE talent. But they kind of went to both of them just so they would learn. So, I mean, there was a, a ton of talent in OVW at that time. And then that's when I actually met um, Nick, and he was so cool to me, and he would talk to me. He would explain things to me. And then this is when I learned something because I'd known him as – Nick Dinsmore, yeah. LVW, he got moved up to WWE, became Eugene, where he played a, um, how would you say it? A slow person. A slow person. And, and, and I don't oh. mean, I don't intend to be mean <laughs> about no, that. No, but that's that's was he wore his jacket like inside out and times like that. And then he had hurt his knee. He had to come back to OVW to, that's like people that either need to lose weight or rehab an injury, they send them down there, keep them off TV so they can get back in shape. Well, I had saw him at a show and I knew him as, always knew him as Nick. And that was, and then I just remember, and then he kind of waved me off a little bit because you know he was protecting his character. Yeah, and that's when I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. So it was, and that was the things I got to learn behind the scenes. Gotcha. And, and then I only time I, I only got yelled out once, 
and that was from Nova. Because what they did was they still had cassettes. Remember, even in yeah, two, yeah, probably two thousand six. Yeah, they still had cassettes. So I'd play their music, and they'd have their names marked on them. And there were so many names marked in, marked out, because so many people had changed or whatever. So I put his music in. He's coming in. And he's like, "That's the old music kid," and threw his hat at me. And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> well, you know, it, it it is kind of a big deal for people when they're you. Oh, yeah, that's music. Per, that's their interest. Oh, I you felt know, like shit. Yeah, you know, but um, it doesn't always mean as much to the fans, but it does to the wrestlers because you know that's just kind of what's in their mind. That's what they think. Oh yeah. But if they watch the product and they hear that music, they know what's coming up. Oh so, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, you want you want to play the right music, and it happens. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Where you go, DJ? Like that. <laughs> oh, I know. And he, well, I know. I feel bad for him because he also became a Simon Dean after that. Well, that's all right. He's uh, he's doing well in Louisville and uh, still living the dream. I mean, there's a lot of them, you know, that come and go. He's a, he was a, make, make a lot of money in the, the WWE or a TNA or whatever. and uh, But then when they're done, they don't have anything to fall back on. Yeah. And he does. I mean, yeah. he's, he's got a good job, Yep. you know, taking care of his daughter. You know, so I give him all the credit in the world that, uh, you know. And that's kind of, you know, what I did. I mean, I didn't want to leave. Uh, where I was at, always had a decent job, making good money. And, you know, there was times and opportunities where I could have left and traveled. But when you're making hardly anything, gas money or whatever, you know, I couldn't afford to do it. I still had family to take care of, obligations. You know, I don't care how you want to look at it, insurance, job, money, whatever. Um, You know, I didn't want to give that up. And, uh, you know, the only way you're going to get better is to go out, do more things, wrestle more people. And, uh, you know, I was never a great wrestler, but I, you know, got to do a lot of things. Um, but I seen a lot of people that weren't great wrestlers start out and are great wrestlers now. So, but that's what it takes. So, I mean, if you want to do it, you know, you have to go through the whole thing, you know, go where you need to go, wrestle where you need to wrestle, get yourself better, get your name out there. And that's before we had the internet. I mean, we got booked by, by word of mouth, you know, and then, oh yeah, and uh, now, you know, there's a thousand wrestlers in the state you know before there were just maybe dozens of wrestlers in the state and uh, you know people heard about you and thought you did a good job then you got booked on that show but like i say, i wasn't ever going to give that up and so you know i did limit myself with what i was going to do but you know luckily with uh, rip i did have the op- you know opportunity to go down to uh, wcw do some tv down there wrestle mick foley Actually, a Cactus Jack at that point. Yeah. Terry Taylor was the first one. Uh, also, Rick Rude. Uh, so, you know, had a lot of opportunities and had a great time. And, you know, Rip was willing to take me down or whatever. But, you know, I couldn't continue to take off from work and, and go down there and do that all the time. Much as I wanted to. But, uh, you know, I just I just couldn't give up on my real-life obligations, we'll say. Yeah. Now, are those, are those are still up on YouTube, right? Oh, yeah, you can pull them up on YouTube. Dan Garza versus Cactus Go Jack on, <laughs> or uh, Terry Taylor versus Terry Taylor. Uh, even one in the USWA where I wrestled the heavyweight champion, the uh, Snowman. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's one <laughs> snowman. snowman. That was a, That was a quick one. But, I mean, the one the Cactus Jack, that was in Topeka, Kansas. A group of us uh, drove out there to Topeka. Rip was in Germany at that time, I believe. Got to play the ad there. Yeah. Somebody's got to make money off of it because oh, yeah. I'm not making anything off of it. If you, and Cactus Jack, one of my all-time favorites. 
Oh, Jesse the body. I wish I was 218 pounds. I don't know. <laughs> I tell you what. Happen. I tell you what. That mustache is fabulous. Well, is yeah, it? I had to get rid of it. <laughs> it wasn't representing itself anymore, so I had to get rid of it. Shave it off. <laughs> Tony Schiavone on the color commentary. And I always like Tony Schiavone. You know, listen to TBS 605 Saturday night in wrestling. You know, when I was younger. His podcast is doing really well. Yep. Because I think he's still got so much shit. This is the irony about it, about the Cactus Jack thing. Yeah. That'll put some butts in the seat, and it kind of turned off a lot of people on him. Yeah, this night, like I say, was in Topeka, Kansas. I took a couple guys with me. Uh, Doug Roberts, uh, you know, he wrestled around here as a snake man, and Bubba Howard, uh, who lives in southern Indiana. And uh, I wrestled twice. This match oh. here... Against uh, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack. It didn't look like that hat was supposed to happen like that. Well, you know, I you know I went up and he took me the rest of the way. So, but uh, they had a little bit of a worse time than I did, even wrestling twice and here with Cactus Jack beating the crap out of me. Um, Doug Roberts wrestled Vader. Oh my god! And it was in the handicap match, and he about busted his eardrums with punches. And it's up on YouTube also. Because he Vader was known for being what's called snug, right? Well, yeah, he was stiff. I don't know what we want to call it snug. <laughs> snug is a little bit different, but and he enjoyed it. Even the back, you know, he was kind of laughing about Marcus Bagwell. Somebody was complaining about Marcus Bagwell uh, was complaining about. Uh, uh, Vader being too stiff in their match, and he just laughed about it. You know, if he like, can't, what do you mean by too stiff? Well, you know, they're called working punches. Okay, but basically, Vader Vader wasn't too much of a working punch guy. You know, he was probably at three quarter speed versus full speed. It was, he would potato you. So, and unless the I think I think he wrestled Flair once, and he was doing the Flair. Flair turned him around, just start he just started laying into him after that, and then Vader laid off. So, so you you're only supposed to come in like what half speed or something, but he's going. Well, he was going. Yeah, I mean, he just got. He enjoyed it. I mean, he's a bigger guy. Yeah, you know, he could you know handle himself. He knew that uh, he could have the advantage of anybody that was in there, unless it's Paul Warndorf. Yeah, and it's, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> especially the guys that's coming in for TV. I mean, we're in there to make them look good and do whatever they want. We're not in there for our glory. So when those guys come in, you know, he would take a little bit of advantage of it. He actually, and it was more from a power bomb broke a guy's back uh, at WCW TV. So he was known to be pretty rough, and when we all got there, nobody wanted Vader. And you just all kind of hope that's who you want to get. But, <laughs> but my buddy Doug drew Vader, and uh, Bubba got um, Rick Steiner. Oh. And Steiner gave him a Steiner line, and Bubba's a big guy. You know, he's probably 6'4", six, six you know, and he was close to 275 at that time. And... Uh, Knocked him out standing. He was in the <laughs> ring, just kind of glazed over, and even Steiner was kind of looking at him, you know, as part of part of the match, and then knocked him back down. But he, he, he about knocked him out and hit him in the jaw. So our ride home, you know, they were both in misery, and I was okay after two matches, Yeah, you know, but uh, one couldn't hardly uh, move his mouth because his jaw was about broken. 
and the other one could hardly hear because it was you know he got popped in the ear so many times from <laughs> from punches vader would wear them mma gloves yep. and, and just you know hit you with this from the side not a yeah. straight on punch you know and just pop your your ears and uh, it was just something else. Mm. But, uh, oh shit! <laughs> wouldn't give it up for nothing, though. You know, I was glad to glad to have done it. When I wrestled Terry Taylor, we went down to uh, center stage and wrestled there, and that was pretty neat to go down the center stage and see where they have done all their tapings there. So, and, uh, and that's and to me, that's like watching this is awesome. Like I just that is that is just great. Yeah, I mean, it's all I got now is memories. You know, there's not too much I but, I do in the wrestling business anymore. A little bit ring announcing or general manager or whatever but you know at least i could say i did it i got proof of it unlike some that say that you know oh yeah and, and oh yeah there's a lot of wrestlers or you know so-called wrestlers that say they've done a lot of things and but there's never any proof of it and that's the best way you know uh well you know yeah they didn't have cameras there that day or whatever or nobody <laughs> remembers and you know yeah it was a show out so-and-so place and you know but uh you know, at least I've got proof of some of it, and I got to do enjoy something. When I first got into it, I was getting into it just to be a referee because I was not even – I was probably 190 at that time and didn't figure uh, I was big enough to be a wrestler because at that point in the WWF, most of them were, you know, almost 300-pound guys. Yeah. You know, my oh, yeah. size was a referee. But <clears throat> Steve Regal trained us all as wrestlers. So as with that, you know, I started doing matches, and the really – the only time I ever refereed was uh, a match for Dick the Bruiser when another referee couldn't go, and I actually used his uh, Michigan license and went as Kim Goldsby. You know, the guy, <laughs> the guy, the guy looks at the license and looks at me and thinks, mm, "You're Kim Goldsby? That, that's me." <laughs> but so I went up there and and uh, refereed uh, the show for Dick the Bruiser, which was great. You know, got to finally meet one of my idols growing up wrestling, and uh, he wrestled Jimmy Valiant, and oh. there I am in the in there trying to do a great job. And of course, they're the main event, so I've already had all the other matches, and. Uh, Dick comes out wearing a uh, weightlifting belt, you know, so he's got it buckled around him, and I'm trying to do a good job. And I'm so when he gets in there and does his little stuff, I'm trying to get him to take his uh, wrestling belt off because, you know, as a referee, I think you can't wear that. Yeah. yeah. And finally, God damn it, boy, I got to wear this belt. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so I quit asking him about it. And, uh, you know, so, you know. You, you live and learn, but, uh, you know, it was great. It was a, it was a neat thing to do. And, uh, like I say, he wrestled Jimmy Valiant, but at that point, you know, Dick was kind of in his later days of wrestling and, uh, you know, we dressed in, it was at a softball field. We dressed in a announcer's booth was, was up. Uh, and somehow Jimmy Valiant went through the pay line twice and finally Dick figured it out. But Jimmy Valiant was gone and down the stairs and his driver and they were gone and, and Bruiser was just cussing up a storm because he done paid him twice. <laughs> you know, but because uh, at that time you just they get uh, they would give you money at the end of the night. Oh yeah, money know. at the end of the night. Most of the most of the places are that way. Sometimes you walk in and uh, they'll have an envelope for you or whatever. But a lot of them are operating off the gate or if it's a fundraiser they're getting the money at the end so you know that's the part you hate you're waiting around waiting 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 you know to finally get paid not that it's a ton of money but you know for uh, bruiser and them he paid you know paid those guys a little a little better paydays for some of those shows yeah because that's where and and that's one thing that i've listened to is a lot of the, a lot of people would go back to people that paid well 
yeah. then they'd want to keep working with those people in, the, in that territory. Well, I mean, that's what you really want to do if you're a wrestler. But, I mean, there's a lot of guys that will they, – they just want to wrestle, and they'll wrestle for free. You know, there's opportunities out for them to wrestle every week, and you just go wrestle for free. The only one making money is the guy that's running the promotion and running the concession stand, and, you know, he's coming out ahead. Uh, and that's what kind of, you know, killed it for me for a while because, you know, I actually wanted my gas money. You know, I wouldn't want a ton of money, just the gas money, get you there and back and forth. But when there's a lot of opportunities for the other guys that are coming in and wrestle for nothing, you know, that's what some of these guys book because – you know, they want to put that money back in their pocket and not have to pay the referee or the wrestlers or whatever. And, uh, you know, I won't say it's killing the business because the business is still going, but it's not helping the business and not helping people become better wrestlers. Um, and that's because why, it's, and, and, it just, you know, you, you know, you keep filling, filling the, the uh, pool and it's going to overflow. You yeah. know, yeah, you got a lot of water. But it's not contained in that pool, and it's not, it's not the best thing, you know, for it. And then, and right now, there's a ton of great wrestlers out there. Um, but then there's also a lot that uh, that aren't, you know. Because the because before with the territories, is they would they would have people that they would might stay in for a few months, six months, whatever it was. Because the famous saying is, <laughs> "How can how can I miss you?" if you never leave yeah because they would leave and then they would come back and they would come in and come back into town yeah and a lot of it was what's called was you ever a, a booker at all well yeah i mean yeah when i uh ran pwi pro wrestling international we did that uh i mean dallas james uh, don parker uh, was my partner with it you know he did a lot of the booking and but uh, you know the creative part of it but, I mean, there's a lot of times if we, quote, unquote, if you want to book the guys, the wrestlers for the shows and so forth. So, I mean, I've done everything in wrestling. I mean, from setting up the ring, taking care of concessions, uh, wrestling, referee, uh, haul the ring, set up the ring, own the ring. You know, you name it, I've done it. And, um, you know, you have to if you want to be, you know, a part of the business. A lot of guys don't want to do any of that. They just want to wrestle and go home. Uh, but, I mean, if you're going to own a promotion – you're going to end up doing a bunch of things that uh, you know nobody else wants to do. I and because they need it, and once the territories went away, and there was obviously WCW, ECW for a little bit, and then obviously WWE, and then WWE bought eventually bought all those promotions, and then there wasn't a place for people to grow and learn because if you and now WWE has their NXT, and they actually have a state-of-the-art multi-million dollar train facility in Orlando. Yeah. So a lot of people have kind of been pigeonholed into that same style. Now you're seeing a lot of people that were kind of, because they're called indie guys. Yeah. And which I think. I-N-D-I-E. Not yep. with a Y. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like, a lot of, there's a lot of people that, and they want to say indie. To me, indie, because we live in, in indie. Yeah. Indie is I-N-D-Y. Basically, independent wrestler. But independent short wrestler. For it. Yeah. That's just my statement. So, And there was always a stigma to those people that are what's called independent wrestlers. When uh, WWE, for the longest time, wouldn't even, you know, they would bring them in. And in my opinion, this is my opinion, and they would humble them. They would make them change their the way, the, what made them popular with fans, they would want to change it. And now they've, they've kind of laxed on that a little bit with the uh, AJ Styles, who I think is one of the best. Yep. Um, also, Kevin Steen, they didn't even make him lose weight. They let him keep doing what he was doing. I'm not saying he's out, out of shape, but he's not the stereotypical WWE no, guy. No, 
Not a, not what they used to go for. Which was six 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 seven, like Lex Luger and yeah. uh, you know everybody cut and stuff like that. Thor, <laughs> Thor, yeah, basically like Thor. And now they've kind of got away from even with Daniel Bryan, um, while this guy. So there's still some promotions out there like Ring of Honor out there, and but without competition, it, it's I think that's what hurts all of us because I missed Monday night. Be like, oh shit, I'm changing the channel. Yeah, I'm changing the channel back and forth, and you're watching these guys put up put out the best. Well. At the end, not the best product, but you would watch that and you would, it would, you know, it was great. Yeah. Cause you would see stars emerge like Goldberg came out of nowhere. Yeah. And then you saw one of my favorite, which is Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, and he had a long run where he did a bunch of different, um, he was in WCW. I think he was in USWA. He started in, uh, started in Texas, of yep. course, where he's from. Yep. And then, uh, yes, he was in USWA and then, and then WCW. And I did actually get the chance to meet him there. You know, when he was just, you know, Steve Austin there. Was he stunning Steve then? It's stunning Steve. Long, Steve long, <laughs> longer, Steve longer hair. You know, he didn't have a ton of hair because he was losing it, but he yep. had longer hair at that I point. I can imagine that dude with hair. I've never seen him with hair. Yeah. His real name was Steve Anderson, then he was adopted, um, which was Steve Williams, but there was already Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Yeah, so they. So that's when they named him Steve Austin based uh, off the $6 million man. Gotcha. It was Dutch Mattel, correct? I believe it was Dutch, yeah. Told you, I'm kind of a nerd about this. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I don't know shit about wrestling. And it's fine. And that's fine. It's because I just, I've stayed on to it because of something me, my brother, my grandpa, that brought us together. And I've always followed it almost like in memory of him. Yeah. But, but I was so enamored with how everything worked. Like, not just the product in there, but how do you get to this point? Like, how do you pick your venues? I mean, how do you do this? How do you do that? So, and right now, the wrestling podcasts are just blowing up blowing up there's podcasts everywhere yeah but i've been able to listen to jim Cornette, which <laughs> jim actually worked for ohio valley he was one of the owners at one point in time yeah yeah i mean and, he and he's been with you know all the major promotions yeah he got uh he got fired i don't know if he fired or quit from ovw i think after he slapped santino morello well yeah well i don't know if he actually quit on his own or was asked to or he whatever just, at that he just point. told that and, story the other day yeah but uh that, you know that wasn't a good thing and but uh you know he's old school and he sticks to old school and you know something happened that uh, he didn't think was right and now it's not right to hit somebody i don't care if you're a wrestler or family member or whatever but uh it happened and you know he paid the price for it well and he was talking about because the guy the his name is the boogeyman it was for him and it was like Jim's way of stopping the boogeyman, kind of for be- beating this dude up. So it was, it was the way he tells the story. It's a pretty funny story, and it's on. I've watched it on um, YouTube. But what happened was basically the guy just you're supposed to be scaring the people. The boogeyman was, and yeah. So they set sent him in the audience, so it's pretend to be scared. And <laughs> Santino just kind of smiled and like was yeah. laughing. And you know that's kind of disrespectful. He didn't sell. It's what he basically yeah. happened. Oh, so gotcha. you're supposed to be like, oh. Uh, but you know what? He he became a big star in the yeah. WWE himself. Uh, now he's got a wrestling yep. MMA school in Canada. Rip Rogers actually's gone up there several times and done some seminars for the guys up there. So he's doing pretty good. Um, he got uh, himself injured to the point where it's probably not safe for him. It was a neck, I believe. It was yeah, neck, yeah, to to wrestle. So that's why he's doing what he's doing now. But he was always a great character. Yes, uh, for the WWE. But he was also a great wrestler. He was he was amateur able, and yeah. you know and uh, pro. 
And one thing I, I when you listen to the, the podcast, because some people get what called gimmicks or their or how they want you to be. Yeah. And like he had one that was kind of silly, but he he took it and ran with it and embraced it, and then the fans embraced him. And that he gets used, you more TV time. Yep. He used to have this little uh, snake on his hand, like a um, a little almost like a. He would put it on his hand and pretend to be a cobra. And he would hit people <laughs> with it. And it was silly as shit, but, like, the kids and stuff loved it. Oh, man. yeah. Because WWE's went back to catering the kids a little bit. Yeah. Somewhat. Somewhat, it's, yeah. It's kind of, it kind of flips back and forth. They're getting closer to a hard PG-13, yeah. I guess, now at points. But uh, I don't think it'll ever go back to the it, Attitude Era. No, it's a publicly traded company. It, and once you become publicly traded, then you're, you know, you have investors, you have people, so you oh, want to make sure that, um, so I'll, I'll just be excited how the investors feel about the old page incident over the weekend. The page, oh, is this what we were yeah. talking about? And it, it, it sucks is because it's her own personal stuff yeah. and it was hacked into it. And the reason I brought it up was the same person just sent a, put a message out the other day, yesterday. That he has a bunch of other ones that he plans on going a little yeah, by little. Yeah, I don't know the whole hacking deal or whatever. But and, and I don't care what people do no. on their personal time. I, I could give a crap less about that. But uh, whoever leaked it, you know, they're the dickhead for doing yeah. that. I mean, I don't know if it was one of the ones that involved in the tape or not. But, uh, you know, if you want choose to record it, I'm not saying that's the smartest thing in the world to do. But if that's what you want to do and that's... You know, between two consenting adults, I don't yep. care. But, uh, you know, if, if you're trying to get back at somebody and you release those images or that video, then you're just a, a straight-up dickhead for that as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the only one that I think that, because it affected some of the other participants in a negative way. Yeah. And that just, that's just... Well, one's no longer with the WWE. Yep. Uh, Paige still is, but you know she she's injured, so she hadn't been back. So that may affect her coming back. And then um, you know the other one that's still part of the WWE that might affect him and his yeah. status yeah. in the WWE. And you know what? It was just uh, something they done one night and whatever. And uh, because somebody wanted to be an idiot and post it, it's uh, you know it may affect their career. So who all who all was actually in it? Uh, there was see that the only thing that might get her in trouble was the belt that's on the left, the old NXT women's title. There, she had that's the only thing I I kind of disagree with. I know like break pirating and hacking is I it's stupid because you're just out to hurt people. Oh, so she's done. But disrespecting the belt a, might get her uh, not real popular with some people. So there's yeah. a sex apparently a sex act with the belt. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the video? I've seen. I uh, I did research. <laughs> what else you do at one in the morning? You do research yeah, for the show, sure. right? And yeah, that's what show. that's what you. If that's what you want to call it, Stephanie, uh, he was researching. <laughs> oh, she's given up. It's been sixteen oh, years. I, I, I'm sure it was way before that she gave up. So. <laughs> we love you, Steph. She's actually she's been on the show twice, and she's actually. Uh, um, she listens to it. Yeah, she listens to it. I mean, she is a self-promoter. That's why she likes coming on here. There's nothing oh, wrong with shit. that. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I always put a little jab to see if she waits till I get the text. Like, I heard what you said. Yeah. No, she's actually, um, it was so cool. She was such a huge supporter of it. Same way what I used to, uh, when we get back real late at night from some of those shows. Yeah. But she knew that how happy it, 
you know, made me to be able to do that. Yeah, especially shows. some of the MMA shows. Oh, you know? good then Lord. you talk about waiting around to get paid. Oh, I mean, God. you know, the the main event would go on almost after midnight. Because back then, I mean, uh, it was before it was uh, sanctioned by the yep. state. So the promotion that I worked for, I mean, they were throwing money in a box. I don't mean yeah. they, they didn't have a little money box like you have at a wrestling show. They had a cardboard box oh, yeah. and was throwing money in there because they had so much money. Yeah. And they would push, of course, the, they were selling beer, so they'd sell up to three kegs. And I'm talking the little eight-ounce glasses you know, and sell three kegs of beer and making tons and tons of money. That's why the state came in and decided we wanted part of this. And then when they did, they killed it yeah. because there's only a few promotions that could uh, pay what the uh, state wanted as far as, you know, between the ticket sales and the amount they get. It, um, you know, unfortunately hurt a lot of people. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I forgot about that seeing that box. Oh well, I remember that end of the night. He it just like the box was like this, and it, it'd be filled to the top. So it was like well, like a three foot by two foot box. Yeah, since we can't see that on the yeah, radio, I was gonna say <laughs> you're, 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 you're you know, going. It's like well, we're on a fucking radio show. You're the one that built the table, so I knew you'd have the dimensions. <laughs> Math's not my strong suit. So it's like a two foot deep box yeah. by three foot by. How wide was it? I don't know. So it's three foot by It was three just foot. a big box full of money. That's the way I tell the story. <laughs> and the guy that we... Uh, and you're it, talking $20, you know, starting tickets up to, you know, $50 it, it for was, ringside yeah, it was or 50, cage side, you know. It was like, I think the most was $75 when it's included, like a couple of drinks. And yeah. Yeah, because a lot of times it was for family. And you're talking a 1,000 people there for an MMA show. And, uh, you, you know... You could just... Lot, I could have fought. He could have fought. All you got to do is sign a waiver. Oh, yeah. Well, there's times they, you know, they weren't quite that bad for them. Just the uh, one show in Muncie was like that, where we yeah. was, and then people would come up to me with uh, IDJ, and he did ring announcing, so they bring their CDs to me and be like, "Hey, uh, it's track number six. Can you make sure you have it?" And so, and I'd be I'd be like, Damon announcing twenty five times, please bring your music over to BJ at the booth, and <laughs> and they would, and at the last minute, yeah, wait till the last minute to bring it over, and then wonder why you can't get it uh, yeah. all situated. And then right. one time I had him announce like, if you, what was it? Uh, if you don't have your music over here by this time, we will pick your songs for you, and you will not like what <laughs> yeah. we're going to play. Milkshake or something like yeah, that. I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes the wrestlers didn't have, or uh, the fighters didn't have music, so they let me pick, and it would be pretty cool. I always went with Danzig Mother. <laughs> I played it for an 18 year old kid. He, he was a wrestler. 18 year old kid. He was finding a guy. I think he was like 30 some years old. And it was in months. And he finished him in like 30 seconds. Yeah. So, yeah, by the time we got paid, loaded up, you know, oh, 2 yeah. o'clock in the morning, yeah. heading home. You know, you get home at 3 o'clock in the morning. There's a lot of times I'd have to turn around, get up at 6, and, and head yep. uh, head to the real job. And then, we, uh, and then we'd always stop at Steak and Shake. Yeah, there <laughs> wasn't very many places over here. Either that or White Castle, you know. But uh, there's limited amount that you want to do that at times. Oh, I know. That's a great intro. I know. That's why I played it. Yeah. And I see like Pantera Walk. That there's a lot of people like that one too. You ever seen a video of him getting knocked out in the hallway? Huh? Yeah. There's a video where he gets in a fight in the hallway, like during a concert. Yeah. It's like it's like behind us. It's backstage. Yeah. And he's a big dude. Like he's pre-built yeah I um, see that. and uh and the dude just clocks him and knocks him out <clears throat> that's a good song the, yeah, oh there's song. that one too yeah that's yeah. the walk one yeah that's why i seen it up on the screen there. there's gonna be an ad 
No. Oh, holy shit. 56 million views and there's no ad. Yeah, I do remember this one. Yeah. It's a good song. Makes me want to punch you in the face. Please don't. I, I'd get hurt. Probably break we, the bone. I'm the face man of this show. We can't we can't we can't fuck up this mug. Wow. Look at <laughs> Those this are your words, not mine. I actually did say that. Yes, you did. Because we're gonna we start doing Does that make BJ the body of the uh <laughs> body of the show? Well, the body of work. <laughs> the body of work, yeah. B, BJ BJ's the brains. <laughs> you never thought you'd hear that, did shit, you? We're just we're shit out of luck and BJ's the brains of the organization. God, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> I take care of all the technical shit. BJ just does. Yeah, it's a hell of a setup in here too. Thank I'll you. give you credit you. for that. Yeah, I just uh, I just it's a work in progress. I just loved um uh I've always, we've uh, even his wife and my wife uh, always said that we had a gift for Gab. And we, yeah, you do. We figured we'd just get a mic and try That's it. why I figured yeah. I'd come here and I probably wouldn't say anything because BJ would be talking the whole oh, time. No. Oh, <laughs> you no. call him on the phone or he'd call you on the phone you didn't have to say anything because he'd, he'd carry the whole conversation. And no, go, every, uh-huh, yeah, every uh-huh, time he calls uh-huh, me, I just uh-huh. put the phone down. Kind of probably like what you do with your wife. You know what you're talking about? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then wait for a little breather in there while he takes a breath and get something in edgewise or, you know, it's about to, to end the call, but... Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's got I, the gift for gab. I do I do talk, you know, most of the, most of the, in my life, most of the time I do. I am the one that's that's talking because I don't like silence. Nah, I, I, and I, uh, if, but when I but when BJ calls me, I yeah, I don't have to say much. You don't. But <laughs> but I've learned a new skill over time. Where if I go somewhere with somebody, no, oh, you're a fucking asshole. I won't talk. Like it drove him insane. We, we we stood in a buddy of mine's uh, <laughs> garage. Uh, garage for an hour and a half. Yeah, he said three words. <laughs> you might. I just, I just you should count that him. as a blessing. <laughs> I mean, it was a bonus. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, it was just it's. <laughs> yeah, and especially with the person who it was, he's like. Uh, he's a type of person that kind of looks at that and goes, well, what's wrong with this yeah. fucking weird Well, the guy... He, well, you know, you looked no, at him, you probably could figure half of it out anyway. Well, he was going through his greatest hits, I was just letting him talk. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was cool what he was saying, and then I couldn't compete with anything. The guy has, like, a million-dollar garage. Wow. And, yeah. and you know, like, a beautiful collection. I, like, I don't I don't have anything to contribute to this. <laughs> like, I don't. Like, well, I hadn't stopped you before. I know. You know. <laughs> I know it has not, because uh, as we've learned from other prior episodes and uh, emails, like the one that we read last night. Oh, the, the which which one? Oh, I'm sorry, the ego one. Or Nobody's whatever. heard that episode. It doesn't come out till next week. No, I was bringing it up to you to, to <laughs> oh, yeah, because we actually have an email. People can send things into it, and uh, we did an episode last night. It's going to come out in a few weeks if we put it out. Good lord, well we have to listen to that one first. No, nope, I'm just going to put it out. Oh, my God. Let it derail. They're going to go from, like, this one tomorrow where it's a great episode, great content, to that one, and then he'll probably listen to it and be like, I ain't going back on that show again. <laughs> I won't be associated with that shit. It was it was rough, but... <laughs> rough. They all can't be. Uh, they all, they all nah. can't be winners. Well everybody, well, everybody said, what do you like best? Like, well, we like when you're yourselves, and I'm like, okay, I like having guests. I like interviewing people. Yeah, I absolutely. Like, I like, you know, bringing people on that are I interesting. And, but they're like, no, sometimes just we want you guys to just, we call it derailment, where you just, I mean, but we're really yeah. not that fucking interesting. No, we're not. <laughs> no. I mean, we could sit here and bust people's balls all day, yeah. but like to sit here for us just to have a conversation, there's a lot of times we hang out, like, this, there's like an hour where we don't even speak to each other. No, we, we, s- to no, say. we sit on the couch. The, like, today you came over to get something, <laughs> yeah, we just, just sit, didn't what? say a word. 
<laughs> he sat there and he played stuff off his phone. We just listened to it. I was listening to podcasts. There's nothing wrong with that. No. No. But I did have somebody send me a question for you, Dan. All right. Was you so a should, should you uh, tell me who it was from first or no <laughs> no this is a, a, a this actually was uh, uh, I saw I sent out some a lot of my friends are wrestling friends oh okay so uh, was you a ribber and for those who don't know what is a rib well a rib is just basically a joke on another wrestler could be different things some people think it's funny and to other people it's not really funny I mean. There's a rib where somebody think or another wrestler think it's funny where they uh, you know put shit in your wrestling bag. Yeah, that's not really funny, but that's a rib. Or you know you could uh, you know get a story going and have them believe it that something's going to happen. Uh, and I don't mean out in the ring, but I'm just talking backstage, whatever. And uh, you know just it's just just a joke. I, I I did a little bit, but not a lot. I mean that was not my thing. Yeah. I mean mm-hmm. you know I didn't want somebody to do it to me. I mean there was times people would take padlocks. They'd lock your gear bag, so when you're back there trying to get ready for your match, you can't get in your bag, you can't get in. But, uh, you know, I, I even – and this wasn't a rib, but I, you know, uh, there was a wrestler, and he's still still around, great guy, El Bracero. Uh, I worked, we worked the show in Kokomo. The promoter didn't have the money, quote-unquote, to pay everybody. So he took the promoter's boots and held him for ransom. Now, that wasn't a rib. That was just for him to get his money back. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's times that people do stuff like that, you know, just to, to have fun. You know, you got to kill time, especially if you're traveling, uh, you know, from show to show. You know, people will pull different type of ribs on you. But uh, and basically it's just a joke. But uh, there's a lot of people that enjoyed it and sometimes not so much so i i didn't do a lot of it not what's really. like what's like you know when you say you know back in the day like you know you would go into it i guess go into a, a different town or something and set up a show yeah like how like what what's what's your time frame on that like you know from setting up to when you actually Just, get a leave are you town. talking about the day of the show yeah day of show like your typical you know what what is what does that consist of well i mean I depends guess. if you're the promoter you're getting there early there's some that'll go to a, a location, set up the uh, ring the night before. Most times they're just paying for the building for that day. Yeah. So they're getting in there early in the uh, afternoon, set the ring up, set the chairs up, set their concession stand up. Now for a wrestler, you know, you should get there at least about an hour before the doors open. Yeah. So you find out what's going on. You get ready. If you got some gimmicks to sell, you know, you want to be able to set up your table and so forth. Um, so it kind of varies for the position or, or what you're there doing. Uh, but a promoter, you know, it's a long day, you know, once, once the show's over, then you got to tear everything down. You know, you got to tear the ring down. You got to take the concession stand down, the tables down, the chairs down, because you got to clean the place up or you're going to have to pay, you know, a $250 cleaning fee or whatever. Um, but to promote a show, I mean, you're, you're months out, you know, promoting the show, getting everything ready, getting guys booked. And all that changes. I mean, you could be the day of the show, and then somebody's not going to be there, and then you got to oh, rearrange shit. a match and all that type of stuff. So a lot of stuff goes, that's why I don't do it anymore. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth the hassle. I'll go to somebody else's show so I can go in, do my stuff, go home. So, of course, nowadays, you know, when you go to market stuff, it's the Internet. It's easy. Yeah. You know, I mean, what, what how, like, how would you promote one back in the day? Uh, posters. You know, Tribune Printing. Uh, was one of the major ways you know it's the old style posters you and now anymore if you look at a, a wrestling flyer on the uh internet 
there's 30 faces of all the wrestlers are there, but a little bitty type of where it's at, what it is. So, I mean, if you're going and they actually post one somewhere else, actually print one up, you can't tell what the hell it is. Is it wrestling? (laughs) Is it boxing? Is it judo? You know, what's going on there? Uh, But when we had them, there were maybe a few pictures on there, if it was Tribune, that's something they had in stock. But basically, you just tell them that it was pro wrestling, where it was at, who was uh, some of the main names on the card, and you'd go in that town and you'd uh, staple them or nail them to the telephone poles in town, put them up in the windows and everything else. Um, but now everybody relies on Facebook. They oh, think yeah. They don't understand that all their friends are re- that are wrestling friends, they know about the show. Yeah. You, yeah. Want, <laughs> you want the casual wrestling fan to know that you're going to have a show and where it's at, and when it is, and who's going to be there. So you actually need to go in that town and do some promoting. So I mean, so they still have these small, like yeah, kinda, they do. Like oh, yeah. smaller yeah. time. I guess I don't want to say small. No, time, I mean independent, small, independent, yeah, shows. independent shows. Oh yeah, I mean there, and now there's more than than ever. I mean, yeah. you know, hell, it used to be just Saturday nights. Now some there's a Thursday night show that runs every week. There's a Friday night show. Of course, there's a ton of them run on Saturdays. Some run on Sundays. Uh, they got to be careful because of the, the the pay-per-views, but uh, they'll, so they'll run in the afternoon. But, you know, you can find wrestling all the time. Uh, if you want to travel in Indiana, you can catch, you know, a show every weekend. Really? Yeah. Doesn't mean they're all going to be great shows. Why have you never brought this up? Because I don't know why, really. <laughs> I would love to go see that but show. But I think, I think everybody should go out and... You know, if you go to the WWE show, like said, WWE show, like I said, there's 9,100 people there. You know, you could barely get 10, 15 percent of of that crowd going number wise, going to in an independent show. Now, there's yeah. some that draw two, three hundred, no, but one, an average rain is probably 100, 100 and a half. Uh, you know, at the shows, but all they know is WWE because that's what they see on TV. So if yeah, they don't see it, and if they're a real wrestling fan. They'll want to go because, you know, there's shows here that I used to be on and, and used to be part of that those guys now, like Dean Ambrose, yep. is part of the WWE. And they would have had a chance to see him beforehand. But, you know, to some people, if it's not the WWE, they don't want to see it. Yeah, And, and I just call that bullshit because there's a lot of great wrestling shows. There's a lot of great wrestlers. And I think everybody should give them a chance. If you don't like it, don't go the next time. But if you enjoy it, tell somebody, bring more people, and have a great time because you're you're up close and personal. It's your one chance. You're probably going to see them, you know, just a couple feet from. You're going to get an autograph. You can buy their T-shirt, their pictures, whatever it is. But you know, it's a much better atmosphere than going to WWE where you know the match goes on because those wrestlers are catering to TV. Mm-hmm. They're not catering to the fans at the show. Yeah. And if you want to be a good wrestler, you need to cater to the fans at the show. You need to include them in your match, per se. Now, I don't mean physically, <laughs> but they got to become emotionally involved with what you're doing. And I've seen matches out there where there's a lot of great high-flying action, Yeah. and the fans are quiet. Why? Because they don't feel attached to the show. Yeah. You know, if somebody comes out and they're the heel, the bad guy, and they're yelling at the fans and they get involved and they're, they're you know, they want the good guy to win, then they're really enjoying it when something happens. But if you just go out there, don't react to the crowd, 
go out there and I don't care if you're doing, uh, you know, th- 360, 480, a 970, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. That's not real names, but how I'm making them up. But anyway, you know, but you don't involve the crowd. You know, most of them aren't going to care. Yeah. I mean, not all shows are smart marks, as we call them. You know? <laughs> People that go to the NXT show, which I think is a great show. Yeah, it is. But there are a lot of smart marks. They know what's going to happen beforehand. This should be this and that should be that. I'd rather go to a wrestling show where the fans are there to have a good time, forget all their problems, enjoy what's going on, and... When they're done, they think, I had a great time. Yeah. You know, I had two, three hours of uh, action-packed wrestling, and I had a great time. And I should bring somebody that, with Fuck me the yeah. next time. We got to go to a show. I used yeah. to. I used to, The reason I like going to. Damn, it almost made my nipples hard. That a boy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, we can delete that, right? No. <laughs> Leaving it in. I, mean, I, I got a little chubby working. So. I used to go to the independent shows, and then I would interact with what they call the bad guys, the heels. Yeah. To try to get them, mm-hmm. because the the one they were fun, because they would say, you know, things like, sit down, fat boy. <laughs> I'll take her home. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then the crowd would get, and then as, and then the... Because do you agree that the bad guy or heel should always come out first before that? And usually that's the case, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, unless, And then the good guy comes unless in. Unless they're and, a yeah. champion, then sometimes that doesn't always happen. But even at a non-TV show, yeah. that'll happen because they want that crowd reaction. But uh, usually that's the case. Yeah. The bad guy will come if out you first. Because if you go, if you go through and um, I can't remember which one it was, is I think it's Rip Rogers versus Owen Hart. And we can't play it. I'm not going to play it. Because of the what the crowd is chaining to rip. Yeah. But that's how it used to be. Like, they are using some language you can... And it's not... Yeah. It's the top one right there. I watched this the other day. Why can't we watch it? Okay, so they use a derogatory term towards oh. homosexuals. Oh. Oh, it says right there. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to play this. No. Yeah. But that's how hot the crowd used to be. And and uh, and then... Because what Rip does in this is he, he's playing to the crowd and getting them fired up and getting them fired up. And, and then I, I heard them, um, chanting that and I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now crowds try to take over the show. And then that happens, you know, then, you know, then you lose it. And then even down, even some of the wrestlers, you know, if they do a move, you know, they'll take time to wait for the crowd to react to them. And if they don't get the reaction they want, they'll, you know, they'll play it out. You know, if they didn't enjoy it, they didn't enjoy it. That's your fault. That's not their fault that you have to uh, make, you know, you have to make that happen. You can't just, you know, keep playing until the crowd finally goes, okay, we'll applaud for you or we'll enjoy it. Um, you know, I was at a show the other day and, you know, I kind of made fun of it on online that uh, the guy took the time. He had a man bun in. Yeah. <laughs> and he took the time during the match when his opponent was down. To fix his man bun. I thought, what the hell's going on? Was you more upset because A, he had a man bun, or more because he fixed it? It was a close, but, <laughs> but I think more that he actually took the time to fix it. And I can't say that, you know, I didn't, yeah, I'll fix my tights in the match or whatever, because, yeah. you know, you don't want your ass cracked oh, yeah. show or something like that. That's or, a little different. Or your belly your flopped hair. over or whatever, you know, because you still got a little bit of ego no matter what. But if you're stopping to fix a man bun in the middle of the match, then some, and this kid's a good wrestler. Yeah. And going to be a great wrestler. But, 
you ain't got time for that. If your hair comes down, your hair comes down, and yeah. you go on. Yeah. yeah I want one of these shirts. There's some more. Is, uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. We'll give them a plug. Pro Wrestling Tees. And uh, Rip Rogers uh, gets uh, a part of that. That's why I bought this shirt, you know, as uh, part of uh, uh, repaying him for, for everything. I didn't train with Rip Rogers. I trained with Mr. Electricity, Steve Regal. But I learned more about wrestling behind the scenes, just the way the wrestling lifestyle, traveling up and down the road uh, to some of these shows with Rip Rogers. Just shut, as they say, shut up and learn. Because that's what, um, on Stone Cold's podcast, that's what they said they used to be in a car, and that's how he learned. That's where you learn. He said they used to what's called book the territory, because they would say, well, what about this? What about? And then you would learn so much, and then um, and they would always talk about... Um, my funniest thing is always hearing how cheap people were. I'm not saying in a bad way. Well, you had to be. I mean, you you paid your own expenses. Yeah. I mean, you got paid for the show, but most of the time you're paying for your hotel. You're paying for your gas. You're paying for everything for the car. So, shit, time you're done, you don't have any money. So you have to do that. I mean, you have four guys in a room, you know, two guys in a bed, um, whatever it took, you know, to, to save some money. You know, you're eating at McDonald's. You're eating bologna sandwiches, whatever you're doing. Um, you know, that's it. Yeah. You know, back, back in the territory days, you know, that's the way it was. I mean, unless you were the main guy getting a percentage of the gate, you know, you weren't, uh, you weren't going to St. Elmo's and eating a steak <laughs> after you were done. That's for yeah. sure. We, we're going to shop on the show. <laughs> yeah. And Rip, Rip used to, um, we, we used to go to the gym in Seymour called Crossroads. We would go in there and we would talk to him. And uh, we used to tell him how sore we were and stuff like that, and he would chop the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah, dig it. But he does. Do they do they sell Rip Rogers fanny packs on there though? I don't. You know what? That's what he should do. I he, mean, he's got the biggest fanny pack. Yeah. You know, I do a fanny pack Friday on occasion on, on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, because I, you know, back I don't do as much wear it as much now because my wife won't let me. But I used to wear one all the time when we'd go on vacation because if we were driving four wheelers or whatever, I didn't want my billfold coming out of my pocket, so I had to. Uh, a fanny pack and so i had a ton of pictures with fanny packs on there and so i would uh you know i'd have a picture and i'd put it on there but i'm kind of run out of them but uh you know rip rogers you know hell he's got everything but the kitchen sink in that thing he pulls it out and he's got a bill fold with uh six inches thick full of i don't know numbers yeah. receipts <laughs> i don't know what the hell's in there but yeah. uh He's got one of the largest fanny packs. He doesn't use a carry-on when he goes on a plane. He just uses his fanny pack and carry that. And that's kind of kind of part of his uh, his deal. You know, he'd go wrestle somewhere. You know, he'd have his uh, wrestling gear in uh, a pillow bag, you know, yeah. a pillowcase. Yeah. You know, he didn't have a, a carry bag like a lot of guys had. You know, he didn't give a shit. It was just, you know, it was just all that. That was him. You know, you don't have to have all that shit to be a good wrestler. Yeah. He loved the business. I mean, that well, was yeah, one of the He lives the business. He lives That's the business. it. That's right. And, uh, you know, he's full of knowledge. You know, check him out on Twitter. Check oh, he's him on out Twitter? On, oh, he's on Twitter. He sends more tweets than, uh, you know, a lot of people. And just a lot of good good knowledge. Yeah. yeah we, so you need we to will, follow him if you ha- haven't followed him, you know. We will have him on the show. Uh, I did have some conversations with him. It is... Um, um, we talked, we looked at the schedule and stuff like that. So we'll have him on in, oh, by the way, I just posted this online. Uh, my wife, who you love so much, wants to know where your mustache is. <laughs> yeah, she hadn't seen me for a while. It, it kind of, uh, it kind of went away. I agree. It was, it was, uh, 
it was turning different colors and it was uh you know losing hair as it went along so it was time to go if i could if the mustache couldn't represent itself like the way it used to it had to go <laughs> and then one other questions was have you ever wrestled in a mask i've seen you but i still want to ask it uh, well you know We'll go back to the days of kayfabe. That could be a possibility. Yes, I did wrestle under a mask. There's times I wrestle on shows, and I'd wrestle twice. <laughs> wrestle <laughs> as Diamond Dan and yep. then as El Diablo. The, the one day I was really sad was as Dan called me. He was like, hey, I, I, might, I might need you to be my manager for that night. And I was so excited. I mean, I'm like 25, 26 years old, but I had my dress clothes all picked out in my car, and I get there, and then we went to the show. It was a great show. Dan's like, ah, it's the other guy wants to do it, and I was so heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's whatever the promoter wants, yep. you know. Was there any other names that you've gone by besides those? I mean, other than my real name, I mean, I kind of – I've kind of went as Diamond Dan Garza to start with, you know, and then, uh, you know, I was listed in the phone book. You know, people start calling the house, whether either <laughs> – Pranking or actually had guys that were interested in training or how to get it in wrestling. So then I just kind of shortened it down to Diamond Dan. Yep. That way, you know, people, you know, can't find me, can't get a hold of me and, and so forth. But uh, that was it. Or El Diablo, that was it. You know, I didn't uh, didn't have any other wrestling names. Did you have a finishing move? Not really. I mean, Sunset Flip, uh, you know, from the uh, top rope or whatever, I would do something like that. Holy shit. You know, just not... I didn't have a set finisher, you know. If you could go back, would you would you, would there be one that you would love to think to have? Not really. Really? No, I don't know what it would be right now. I mean, everybody copies everybody. They, you know, there's a lot of original stuff per se, but then there's also uh, a lot of stuff that's not, you know. And here's an interesting question: Do you think the DDT has died? Hadn't died, but it's not what it used to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just. Uh, to, to go from one move to another you know that's the thing you know these guys get out there and they kill each other and uh then you know when they go to the finish you know it's nothing you know nothing you know these moves don't mean as much because a ddt would be a finishing move and that would be the end of the match jake Roberts, now it's just yeah. a transition into something else you know i i told the same same kid that uh had the man bun <laughs> you know now you know when i wrestled we'd come to the back and our chest would be red from somebody actually chopping you or giving you forearms because those were stiff and you felt them now they come back their legs are red from slapping themselves i mean because they throw so many uh super kicks and everything else you know slapping themselves you know, it's it's all changed. It's all different now. Yeah, the super kick has died also. I mean, I don't know. I was seen one match, and there was about five super kicks in it. And uh, what's a super kick? He'll show you. No, I, no. Can't, I can't lift my leg. That I can't far either. Now. <laughs> I'd have to lay down and maybe try that, but I can. A super kick is where you side where if your leg goes out sideways and hits you in the chin. Someone kicks you in the chin, basically. Yeah. But we, you we have, but you but you but you slap the leg and. It makes it sound like it hit your chin. We have Hustler shirts on the way now. now Everybody go to uh, ProWrestlingTees.com and get you a Hustler shirt. That's right. Like I say, part of that money goes to Rip. Help him out. He actually has a GoFundMe out there if you want to. Uh, if you want to be anonymous like me, you know, you can donate to it. Uh, if you don't want to put your name on there for whatever reason, uh, you know, he's done a lot for a lot of wrestlers in the business. And if you want to help him out, 
Uh, right now, $5,300 to a $16,000 uh, goal. Uh, so if you want to help him out, go to his GoFundMe and help him out. Yeah, we can um, post this link on our Twitter. That would be great. I'm sure he would appreciate that. He well, still scares the shit out of me. Well, he still scares the shit out of me. Because he, t- you know, I don't. Because Dan goes, "Hey, text him." I was like, "All right." And then I still remember. Yeah. No, uh, he, yeah. he's like, he's like, man, he sent me his number. I'm supposed to text him. I'm so afraid. I feel like I'm a little kid. And he's yeah, <laughs> I'm being serious. I mean, Rip's Rip's blunt, and he's yeah. gonna tell you what he thinks. You know. And and I was afraid, you know, not to say that say it the wrong way. Because with him, like I said, I respect what he's done. Same way I respect what Dan's yeah. done. So I've never. Uh, but me and Dan can go back and forth a little bit more than Rip. And and uh, now that Rip is fine, I think he's finally getting some of the respect he deserves. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's got a lot of knowledge, helped a lot of wrestlers get into the business, trained a bunch of them that were part of the WWE, um, and now he's doing a lot of seminars. He's he's busy now doing a lot of seminars. Um, so, you know, he's uh, traveling to the U.K., traveling to Canada, uh, you know, anywhere he can go and uh, do a seminar. And he did just did the Stone Cold podcast yeah. too. Yeah. So I mean, if there's, I, I didn't I didn't count how many f bombs there were, but uh, it's probably the most in any podcast ever. Well, that yeah, I heard him on uh, Cornets too, and it was just whoo. But no, Rip would always stop and take his time, same way you did. We would talk about they would, me being a non wrestler and not in the business, but he would still talk to me and gave me the respect, same way you did. It was pretty because cool, I actually, if you respect the business. That's the main thing is even no matter who they are, whether they're big stars or not, just treat them with the respect because, and that's in a lot of cases, because a lot of people don't treat them with the respect. They think they could uh, say what they want to do and do whatever they want to do to them. But you got to be careful because people say, well, wrestling's fake. I'm like, all right, say that to the right person. You know, you say whatever you want to say, whether you say wrestling's fake yeah. or not. It's not. I don't say fake. I mean, because there's a lot of tough guys in wrestling. Um. But you got to respect them as an athlete, yes. As an entertainer, um, and when they're in their private time, give them their private time. Yeah. I mean, just like you, if you're at the airport and somebody comes bug you, you don't know, and they're just telling the story and blah blah blah. You're just like, oh, what the hell's going on? You yeah. Know? When I get on a plane, <laughs> you know, not because anybody knows me, because I just don't want people to talk to me. I put my, my headphones on. Yeah. That way nobody's going to talk to me the whole flight, tell me shit I don't want to hear. <laughs> and, you know, they got to get from place to place. You know, if they've got time and they're willing to, to give you uh, an autograph, take a picture or whatever, then then that's fine. But you got to just be careful how you approach them. You know, they're, they're regular people like you and me. When I was in OVW, uh, well, actually, I won't say in OVW, when I was helping running the OVW shows here in Indianapolis, I don't think I've only got maybe one or two pictures with the wrestlers. I mean, there was a ton of people that went through their superstars because I just thought, you know what? They're regular people. They, you know, I don't want to bug them. They got a job to do. They're there for that. Now, actually, I wish I had them. So, you know, yeah, you could show people, be proud of that, uh, you know, prove whether you want to prove that you did something like that or not. But uh, just just treat people like you want to be treated. That's all you should do. And that was the hard part is because I've told these stories a lot. I used to work with OVW, triple, almost like a triple A of WWE. And, yeah. and I never took any pictures, never asked one of them for a photo because I didn't want to bother them. Yeah. Because those guys did set up the ring on those guys. Well, yeah, up, they had to down. then. I mean, yeah. they were all part of it. I mean, they set the ring up, they tore it down, you know, help with the chairs, all that stuff. I mean, you know. That's that's how you learn. Yeah. You know, you can't be too good. Now, let's say they do it now because it's a big production. 
but uh, with the WWE, but you can't be too good to help out. Oh yeah, you know you can't forget from where you come from. You hear that, BJ? And some of these guys, <laughs> yeah, some of these guys didn't. You know, some of these guys didn't come from wrestling. You know, they came from other you know sports or yeah. or whatever. So you know, it was new to them. But there's a lot of them that came through starting in wrestling for the independent promotions before they got into a WWE developmental deal. So you know, they've done it before and they continue to do it. Because there's been three wrestlers. Um, that I know of from Seymour, where I come from. Obviously, Rip Rogers. Yeah. Uh, the Damager, a.k.a. Danny Basham. Yep. Danny Holly, And then also... Uh, Rod Steele. Rod Steele. Rest in peace. And then um, the... Uh, well, I guess there's four because it's um, Von... Um, Von Lilas. Yes. That's right. Yes. A uh, former... I don't know if he still teaches or not. But, yeah, he uh, still does. Because um, yeah. he did... Uh, Got a lot of the shows for OVW and Muncie that yep. he was on. Because we did, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Von Lilas, Clint, great guy. Yeah, I actually went to school with his um, younger brother, and then his I know his dad pretty well, yep. too. And that's yep. They're all great. Was, yeah, great they're all people. great people. Yeah. yeah. I, so all those guys, like, made it to, like. Now, I Danny guess, did. Danny Holly. Uh, um, he wrestled in the WWE. Yeah, yeah he wrestled the Basham Brothers. Okay. As, uh, was she, which, uh, Shaniqua? Was that who? Well, her, she was in OVW when we did that show in um, yeah. Columbus. What's a, it's a Shaniqua? I think so. Because she had the. Remember, it was the. She um, don't live here no more. No. She was the S&M gimmick with the, the whips and stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to think if that's the right name or not. My memory's gone. I don't know. But she was. Uh, and then he was. I went to school with him. He was a couple years older than me, but. Um, uh, he also knows the damager, but yeah, the damager. I remember he did his first couple shows. He just graduated, and we did the show in the Seymour Armory. Yeah, um, Dutchman Town was on the show. So yep. that's the other thing is some of these guys that are wrestlers, you don't know what else they really do. Yeah, because Dutchman Town has been responsible for a lot of lot of things. Oh yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, he's been I, a booker for uh, Puerto Rico. Yep, you know TNA. WC, yeah, he's back w, at TNA now. Yeah, yeah. WWE. I mean, uh, you know, he's got a lot of knowledge himself about wrestling and yeah. and how to put a match and how to put a show together. So yeah, I got to meet him, and then I didn't realize actually a great wrestler himself. Yeah, he used to go by Dirty Dutch Mantel. Yeah. <laughs> he wore a poncho, which I'm a big fan of the poncho. I want yeah. to bring that back. Yeah, and he used to have his mustache that kind of went out. Oh yeah, do this. Yeah, he brought a bull whip to the ring. Brought the little curls on the end of a mustache. Well, it wasn't a snidely whiplash uh. mustache because he kind of had the the rest of it to go with it. It yep. was more of the uh, Yosemite yeah. Sam. Oh okay. Yeah. Pull know, up. Oh of, yeah, yeah. Take a look at Dutch Mantel. Because a lot of these people didn't, you know, because in my, in my own non-knowledge, I used to be like how you said WWE fans. They'd be like, well, at WCW at the time, we didn't recognize. Like, What's we, his name? Mantel. Dutchman, M-A-N-T-E-L, I believe. All right. Two L's. Two L's. Right. I didn't know who these guys were. I thought, well, these are on the independent shows, these guys. And then now I realize that. Oh, that's a, that a manly, manly mustache. Yeah. Right he just left WWE not too long ago as Zed Coulter. Zeb Coulter. But he was a, uh, yeah, he started down in the Texas area. But, yeah, he's been around for a long time. Yep. And he is a talker. Actually, I went to see his, uh, I don't know if it's one they really call it a comedy show per se. I heard he's doing that now. He was, you know, it's more to kind of get up, telling stories and so forth. I've seen him here in uh, Broad Ripple there in Indianapolis. He did a good job. Yeah. Have you went and seen Foley's? Yeah, I went to see Foley's. I heard his is really good. Yep, he did. Uh, actually, seen him twice. Um, 
you know, took the picture, have him sign it. And he's like, who the hell are you? You know, <laughs> <laughs> of course I don't look like I used to. And yeah. his memory's not what it used to be, but you know. Now that's a mustache right there. It, it is. is. That's a beautiful, damn, look at that thing. I know it. It's like one big fur burger. <laughs> what a, we're going to have to wrap this up in a little bit, but what a, you got any just like wild, crazy fucking stories? It's just crazy shit that the went statue down. of limits should be gone now. Statue, the statue of limitations. Yeah. Well, it depends on what kind of story you're looking for. Hey, man. <laughs> a lot of things. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have some stories there's, there's, the road. There's, there's more stuff going on now on the internet that's probably uh, more entertaining than what I could tell you. But I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff. I mean, just I had a great time with it. I really yeah. did. I enjoyed everything that I did. I mean, there's a lot of times you wonder, what the hell am I doing? Why am I driving this far for little to nothing? Yeah. But, I mean, I grew up enjoying wrestling, uh, got a chance to do that, got a chance to to wrestle with some of the the big boys on TV, got to beat a lot of them before they became superstars uh, when we were doing the OVW shows. And, you know, I've got some TV matches. I had my own promotion that was on TV. Um, you know, I still kind of get involved occasionally with, uh, you know, whether I'm doing sound form, doing ring announcing, or I'm the general manager for some of these promotions. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I had a great time, you know, you say, you know, there's, a a lot of habits that you have and, you know, it's uh, addicting Yeah. and, and wrestling <clears throat> was my addiction. You know, hey. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> one that can tell you all stats and, you know, who did what, who won this show. Uh, hell, I can't even tell you who, who won in the match that I had myself. I see some pictures, <laughs> and I see some things. I thought, what the hell was that from? And, and that's more because I just have a bad memory. But, uh, you know, it's it's something I enjoyed, something I, I say I, I could say that I did. And uh, just, uh, you know, part of my history, I guess. Yeah. You know, I did a lot of other stuff, you know, just outside. I've always had a good job. always tried to take care of the things I needed to take care of. Retired at the age of fifty-five here from my real job. Wow! So it must be nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll never see that. You know, I got out before. You know, not that it could get much worse. Yeah, the company <laughs> was just kind of getting. You know, like any company, it's getting getting tough. So yeah. Uh, now just sitting around getting fat. You know, playing around on the internet. You know, watching the Maury show to see. You know, who's not the father and all that type of stuff. <laughs> But, you know, I'm enjoying life, still getting to do some things. You know, I'm doing uh, sound for the Golden Glove boxing uh, here every Thursday night in Indianapolis for the next few weeks. If you get a chance, come out and, and talk to us. I mean, really? Uh, Layman Brewster, Layman Brewster uh, head, former heavyweight champ, was there uh, this past week just uh, visiting with everybody there. Where's uh, that at? Where's that boxing? Tyndall Armory. Tyndall Armory okay. downtown. Okay. I would so, like to go see that. Yeah, because we did a boxing show together. Yeah, but yeah. the state fairgrounds. And it's probably at the fairgrounds. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Yeah, so that was one of the, it was the coolest thing was, and that's why you know I really part of the reason I wanted to have a, to do the podcast and stuff was it was being around all that and you know taking something from the very start and keep following through and I I just it was a, I had a, I always had a blast I owed Dan yeah. a lot. I mean, guys, I didn't even care whether I got paid. Or, I didn't care about the money. I would just love to be in that environment. The wrestling more than the MMA. Yeah. Uh, but I also saw what it was like to work for, you know, some promoters that were not the nicest people. Yep. There are a lot of those. And uh, and then I got cursed out in front of, I don't know, a couple thousand people because their CD wouldn't play and it was my fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what the fuck? I was, 
yeah. bro settle down man <laughs> and it was fun is because it was a lot of fun and i i i miss doing it actually but like you said was you have to take care of yeah. the responsibilities of a real job take care of your family so and that's one of the reasons that because i always wanted to be a wrestler i always did yeah. I mean, as soon as i did it the first time but i just knew that i had other responsibilities at that time i had to take care of and it takes it. a certain person to, to do it yeah. i mean there's a lot of guys that uh, you look at and you think man they'd be great wrestlers they may have a the a good look but they don't have the mentality for it or you know the psychology or you know be able to figure out the psychology of putting a match together and uh, they just can't do it they try yeah. it and then they then they move on and you know i've trained guys um you know and some of them you look at them you think ah they're they're there's no way they're a wrestler but yeah. i mean they, they're great wrestlers they do a great job and they can last in that ring a hell of a lot longer than somebody else they may be big, muscle bound, or whatever because they're not used to it. Yeah. So don't you know? Don't judge a, a book by its cover. Just uh, you know, go out, enjoy the show, have a good time. That's you know, that's all we ask. We should do a smugcast for wrestling. I want to be a hype man. You want to be a heater. And even even at that, it takes a lot. Yeah. You know, you just can't just go out and and just say things, random things to people. You know, it's got to make sense. It's yeah. got to be part of, oh, well, of what's going on. <laughs> like, you know, I'm the biggest smart ass there is. And, you know, it's tough to do sometimes. But uh, He helped me raise my game to be a better, better smart ass. Oh, so and he's being, the reason you yeah. are the And I'm being nice today. I, mean, yeah. I, haven't, yeah, I haven't, he haven't even let loose. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great, though, because if you're – We should have had him for the roast. Well, I did call uh, I did call BJ one time. and. Uh, and uh, when we were working for the same company and told him I was uh, with loss prevention <laughs> and uh, had him on, had him going, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know. I, I didn't yeah. know. I wasn't trying to do that. I'm sorry. And, and he was, he was going to finally had to break it down. He, yeah, you fucker. But, but so I was so mad about that. And then, so I called another store and told him that the two main bosses just left my store and they were all on his way to his store. <laughs> So he did it to me. I did it to somebody else. Yeah, he's yeah. called. We used, there used to be this real nervous guy. He really, he was always nervous. Always yeah. nervous. I mean, they just left my store. They're heading your way, man. Oh, they're really pissed. <laughs> and all I heard was just dial tone. Yeah. But the, the thing is, I didn't ever let him off the hook. I forgot to call him back. <laughs> well, I did that. The, the one you were talking about that uh, did the time management and ran out of time. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> their truck, their truck was always before our truck. And they always took forever to, to do it because they opened up all the totes and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, if you're there early in the morning, but your truck's not there and you're waiting on it, and it's somebody else's fault that it's not there on time, you know, it kind of pisses you off. So there's one time I called and, and told them that their uh, truck was going to be early, like two hours. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, you know, they, they didn't know who it was, and I never acknowledged it and never told them. You know, it's one of those things, you know, if, if I'm going to get you back – Something's going to happen, but you may not know it's me. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, they go yeah. into the store two hours early waiting on the truck, and then they're just waiting. Oh, yeah. That's... But they're, they're up 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, shit. I learned that. So good. you yeah. – you, uh, That was part of my training. You get paid back, but uh, you uh, may not know where it came from. See, I'd always want to know it was me, and he'd always say, no, don't let him know it was you. That's right. Yeah. No, you, don't this... have to, you don't have to let him know. You know, just – you know, just you knowing that you got them, that's, yeah. that's enough they for call me. And be like, oh, no, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's art of being a dick. Yeah. That's right. That's a skill. <laughs> no, what I was saying is we, if we ever get to a certain point, we need to have a uh, smug cast percent wrestling that uh, somewhere. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I'd do it. 
but it's a it's a lot of work to get into because what is it insurance and then the building and, oh there's and, uh, just too much stuff yeah all right before you go i want to give a couple couple quick yeah. plugs give it all give it all, all right. that's why i was pulling it up if you want you can go to facebook diamond dance pro wrestling hotline I've had a hotline for over 25 years that we update. i got three great options on there, as I say. The Daily Wrestling Report with Diamond Dan, and option number one. Option number two with the Weekend Warrior. And option number three, the Dreaded D-Rose Report. And all different things on there, but it's all about pro wrestling. You call it. It's free. 317-335-4688. 335-HOT, H-O-T-T. Took a lot to think about that when I did that 25 years ago. <laughs> but uh, also, something I'm uh, I'm pretty proud about and we're trying to just get off the ground is the Indiana Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. There's been other Pro Wrestling Hall of Fames for Indiana. Different groups, different things, trying to get things. But then, you know, there's, you know, they're putting people in from, that are still wrestling right now that's local. Yeah. What I'm trying to do is take care of the history first and work our way up yeah so it's also on facebook indiana pro wrestling hall of fame okay if you want to check that out like the page um that's about it that's my plugs about it you're also on uh or if you need a ring announcer (laughs) sound for your pro wrestling show dj wedding dj i do it all yeah, he was the way. Uh, I'll tell you the story after we after we uh, get done here. But I'll tell the story about the time I DJed and took uh, the pictures for a wedding all at once. I think you told me that. Yeah, it was. Uh, he'll yeah. he'll back my story up on that. Was that his wedding? No, 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 not my wedding. No, yeah. hell, he gotcha. wasn't born at my wedding. Oh. No, no, <laughs> he wasn't that long ago. Yeah, that'd be fun. It, that that'd be fun. Check those out. Support those. I think that's one thing. Is one we want to be. Obviously, we know uh, we're big in the Isle of Man, as we saw from the report. Yeah, yeah somehow. Yeah, we can, even walk, we can even walk down the street there. Yeah, shit. And Diamond Dan Entertainment on Facebook. Yeah. That's where Diamond you're going to find Dan me for a uh, uh, DJ for weddings. We do sound, ring announcing, you name it, we do it. You will give about Rip's GoFundMe stuff? It's just, just GoFundMe. Then I don't. I don't you know just, how to search. Just, well, you can just you can go on GoFundMe and search uh, for Rip Rogers. It'll Rip pop Rogers, up. Yeah, Rip yeah. Rogers raw deal. And you can all, and you also can go to uh, Rip Rogers. I'll, I'll tweet this link out. So we'll tweet that out. And then also uh, Dan's on Twitter. Also, oh, Dan's not on very Twitter? often. Yeah. Oh, okay. Diamond Dan PWI. Okay. Although I was on there yesterday with uh, the ninety three point nine guy that. Uh, giving him a hard time about the i don't know if you listen to 93.9 uh-huh. you don't listen to hip-hop music old school music i don't oh yeah that's the i don't listen to the radio oh, you don't yeah, listen to the radio i'm doing busy research I'm for sorry. podcasts yeah. i'm sorry you're too busy <laughs> you're retired i still work <laughs> giving him a giving him a hard time about the you know that they want to mix on the radio so you save that mixing for the clubs you know, yeah when we listen to the radio I want to listen to an old school song and hear the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I agree with don't that. Don't start mixing oh, yeah. in there. Yeah. But he was actually a pretty good guy, and we was tweeting back and forth. But I don't get on there a lot, so usually on the, the Facebook pages if you want to get a hold of me. That's awesome. I had right. a great time. Yeah. I, I could I could have done this for another two hours with the Yeah, we could have. I enjoy that. We may have to do it again. It all depends on the downloads, whether or not we'll have them back. Thanks. <laughs> You've been taking shots. I finally took one. I better. I better well, we have him back I better on. Post, and, I better post this on Facebook so everybody knows. We can have him back on and not talk wrestling. That's right. 
I mean, he's, no. a, he's, a, he's got a great voice. He's a good conversationist. He's, a, he's got a great voice. B, we didn't have to prod the shit out of him to talk. Yeah, that's true. Like Asian sensation. Like, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I must have missed that one. Yeah, see, he doesn't listen well, to yeah. show anyways. No, he doesn't. It, no, it, it wouldn't matter. What's you the name of the show? <laughs> <laughs> I got I to gotta remember this so I could... Ah, I was on some podcast today. Oh, shit, I'll get you the name in a little bit. Yeah, I did. I did, uh, I did you know, post that I was on uh, going to be on a podcast, and I told the guy that... Uh, I needed uh, M&M's as part of my rider uh, to take the brown ones out. And I get here, and there's no damn M&M's. Bullshit, not there's even, peanut not M&M's even, downstairs. Not even a bag of M&M's. Uh, you know, and BJ, BJ responds back, we, we can take care of that. Uh, that's I gotta, that's I gotta, the Van Halen rider, you know. No brown M&M's. Yeah, yeah. And then I asked him to chop the shit out of you. Well, I can do that. No, <laughs> hell no. He's so nervous. I am not. I'm not prepared for that. And we can take pictures and we can post those. <laughs> it might get good hits. We should video it. Well, I'll give you a good I hit. You, that's for sure. Yeah. No. Oh, I, I need you to take two. One in slow motion, and then I'll tape it, and then I'll do it in the regular. They were, gonna, they were gonna have to shoot it with the big camera because I'm not doing it twice. Because he did. He did. He's done it to me numerous times, and it is just so much fun. It is. It's Fuck. a great time. You You'll go, enjoy it. You just go and take your shirt off and be like, oh, I can still see the hand. <laughs> we just won't have BJ take his shirt off at this time, all right? No. <laughs> Not no. that I'm in much, uh, I got much room to talk anymore, but you know, oh, this is gonna I leave so my bad. shirt on. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. It's awesome for you coming uh, Hey, I appreciate you yeah. guys having me on here. Yeah. This is the first time you did a podcast? Uh, no, I did one uh, for a guy out in Washington State. He used to be here in Indiana. We used to go to the uh, PWI show, so... Uh, I've uh, got another one that uh, possibly may have me on here, uh, wrestling-wise. Yeah. Uh, Rich Abbott, so we'll see what happens with that one. But cool. I thought, had I a thought, great time. I thought we should start his own. No, no, no. i just go on and let everybody, <laughs> let everybody else do all the work and <laughs> take care of everything. I'm not that smart to uh, put everything together. That's not that hard. I can show you. It's pretty easy. Or we can rent the studio out. You know I mean, plug that. We can rent the studio out. Everybody do podcasts. There you go. Yeah. Hey, that's man. what you need to do. I, I Make some money, that. dang it. I well, that's what that. we're thinking about doing is, is people that want to possibly do a podcast as we start uh, producing for them. Yeah. yeah if they don't want to rip to do one. If they don't want to come in and, you know, put the work into putting there, you got all the stuff. It's a great setup. Four microphones. That's right. Five. Big TV. Five. Yeah. The other one's not hooked it's up. Not hooked right. up right now. Got lights in here. Soundproof. Got yeah. uh, big, need to get the video going. Big screen TV. A big screen uh, computer over there. As they would say, we, we we're very fortunate. But no, but we no have a good fucking M and M's. No. I got M and M's downstairs. I don't want to do any good right top, here. We are top shelf, homie. <laughs> top shelf, homie. <laughs> All right, was that it? That's it. Plug, All right. plug our shit. All right. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Smugcast Show. Uh, you can follow me, uh, Smugcast underscore AP. Uh, you can find BJ. It's at the BJ Robbins. Not get one, but find one. Find one. Not find one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, also, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Smugcast. Uh, also on Instagram, smugcast underscore. Uh, you can send us an email uh, for whatever reason, uh, smugcastshow at gmail.com. You got t-shirts to sell too? Not yet. Did you see the ones BJ's wearing right now? I can't see what it says, but yeah, he's got yeah. one. Well, we're going to switch that up. We had a... The- Oh, it's on the back. I can see yeah. That, yeah. That was supposed to be on the front. Well, I'm glad Walmart's putting shirts out. $9,000 worth of equipment in here and a $2 t shirt. Get a fucking t shirt. Ah, dang. Oh, shit. It's all about promoting. <laughs> but we got a guy. 
Yeah, uh, we do. Long, long as you have a guy. Uh, so uh, what I leave off? Oh, that was the email. That's all right. I can't remember. Yeah, you think I'd remember that shit by now? Uh, just hit us up Twitter, uh, Facebook page, email, and then just gotta do the sponsors and that's yeah. it. Uh, so big thank you to Tabco Promotional Products. That's where BJ got his nice shirt. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize now. I was waiting on that. Oh, shit. Well, there uh, goes that spot. <laughs> don't forget, you can contact Mike at Tabco.com for your free quote. Mike uh, does a great job. It looks great, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> he did he, he did a great job. Yeah, he did a good job. I'm giving him a hard time. <laughs> uh, and uh, don't forget, uh, rangeofnutrition.com. Go there. Use promo code SMUGK you'll get 15% off your order. Uh, also, Jay's Wings and Seafood over on the east side of Indianapolis. Hey, Pop in there, give promo code SMUGCASH, you'll get 10% off your order. Hey, Jay, Diamond Dan will be down there next Tuesday for some free wings. How's that? <laughs> Diamond Dan, don't forget. Just make sure he's there. That's right, yeah. Jay, you're going to be there, right? <laughs> uh, big shout out to Repo Records. Uh, they help us out with the audio each and every week. They taught us all this shit. <laughs> That's Repo Records taking the music back. And with that, this is Smugcast. See you next week. Stay smug. Stay smug.